Hello, everybody. Welcome to the RV Podcast. This week in our Interview of the Week uh, segment coming up, we're going to talk about whether you really need an RV cover. Welcome, fellow travelers. It's time for another episode of the RV Podcast. Answering your questions, sharing tips, suggesting great trips and off-the-beaten-path adventures, and always staying on top of the RV lifestyle news you need to know about with great interviews and inside industry information. Here's your hosts, award-winning journalists Mike and Jennifer Wendland. Well, welcome to another edition. This happens to be number 346. <laughs> wow, 346 episodes of the RV Podcast. I'm Mike Wenland, and joining me right now is my lifelong traveling companion and my bride, Jennifer. Hello, my dear. Hello, Michael. Do you think you've got another 346 in you? I do. I okay. do. I look forward to doing this podcast every single week. We're going to talk tonight about RV covers in our interview of the week segment. Uh, we got the Scott from Empire Covers on, and we're going to learn about the different types of covers and whether you really need one or not. But you know, an RV is a pretty expensive uh, investment for most people, and uh, that cover can really help out a lot. I think you need a cover, some kind of cover, whether yeah. you build a little house for it or put a <laughs> cover over it. Yeah. Um, well, and some of us, though, like us, we're traveling so much, we don't have time for a cover because we're never in one spot long enough to put it up. Hey, we'll talk about that. We've got lots of RV news for you this week. We've got a fun uh, uh, couple of questions that we're going to answer that are um, about a rather smelly situation. And we have also uh, a, a great uh, off-the-beaten-path report from our friends, the Burkitts. Uh, as we get started here, we want to let you know about uh, a 10% discount that you can get from anything you want to buy at Camping World. Uh, Camping World is offering our audience a uh, discount for 10% off your purchase of 99 bucks or more if you use the coupon code RVLIFESTYLE10. Just go to the uh, CampingWorld.com site, pick out whatever you want. Uh, if it's over 99 bucks, they'll give you 10% off. And uh, you can find uh, Camping World at campingworld.com. Well, we have had a pretty good time uh, this past week. We just got back from the RV capital of the world. I always enjoy going to Elkhart, Indiana. And it was a busy place, wasn't it? I've never seen it so busy. I mean, we camped in a parking lot by the business that we needed to see the next day and their trucks and it was not a quiet place. It's on a, we thought it was like a side street. And, uh, you know, all night long, there was traffic going back and forth. That's how busy Elkhart is. And our poor dog, Bo, could not get a moment's rest. There was always something <laughs> to bark at and warn us about. Yes, he did. He certainly did. Um, we had uh, uh, some time to do a little bit of looking around Elkhart. And I think we both came away amazed at the evidence um, of this that you've heard about this shortage of parts for automobiles and trucks and it's also for RVs because uh, we we just saw so many RVs just sitting there not able to be delivered but basically done almost 90 95 percent done but because they're missing a part or two they can't be sold. And we noticed one place where on the windshield they had written what part was needed. Yeah. And, and it, it, I mean, we, we shot some video and we'll have a, we'll actually have a video on this in the next uh, couple of weeks on the, on our YouTube channel, RV Lifestyle YouTube channel. But it was, uh, 
it was very eye-opening. And we did some interviews, and what we found out is the same shortage that you hear affecting everybody, uh, parts, is just devastating parts of the RV industry. Uh, the orders are there to build the RVs, but they can't get some of the necessary parts they need. And it starts, you know, even like we learned uh, this week that the uh, Ford factory, uh, you know about them shutting down the F-150 lines because they couldn't get a microchip, but they also had uh, uh, major disruptions on the uh, Ford Transit assembly plant in Kansas City, where, again, they needed that uh, microchip, then it's not come in from China or wherever they get it. And then there's all these other parts that are just, they can't get drivers, they can't get dock workers, there's this backlog of uh, these super con cargo container ships out in the Pacific. It's this, this parts crisis is not going to go away in just a week or two. And uh, we talked to one RV manufacturer who told us that they have, they have a backlog of orders for the next two years, but they're not getting the parts. And there's no sign that this parts thing is going to be over anytime soon. We've also received a lot of emails from our listeners who are, are telling us they have RVs in order and they keep getting notes uh, from their uh, the dealerships that they bought them saying, oh, the production's been pushed back, it's been pushed back. I don't know what the answer is, but it's, it's a story that in all the, you know, RV sales are booming. Yes, they are, but they can't build enough right now. Sales are booming, but delivery isn't, is what you're saying? Yeah, I guess so. Uh, it was pretty eye-opening, I thought, to see that in Elkhart. Speaking of eye-opening, uh, we are getting reports of the cicada hatch. That, uh, what, they, those things have laid underground and wait for 17 years. And we have not seen any in Michigan. I thought I saw some when we were on a walk with dogs. I thought I heard some. And I saw, right. Someplace I saw, I don't know where I read it, and I should have written down where I, I read it. There was uh, some company that's uh, covering these things in either milk chocolate or dark chocolate, depending upon your preference. <laughs> and in case you're not up to eating cicadas, they uh, are making some in just the shape out of chocolate. Oh. You know, you can't quite bring yourself to eat insects. Oh, my gosh. And I read a story this week about uh, dogs eating cicadas and I guess it's not going to hurt them, a couple of them, but uh, if they eat a whole bunch, if they go, you know, some dogs, they don't have a full mechanism, that the shell on the cicada, uh, the hard shell, can actually uh, cut their stomach if they eat too many of them. So uh, I don't I don't know. That, I don't know if any of these stories are, I think they are, uh, somebody is trying to make chocolate-covered cicadas, but uh, we haven't seen any, we thought we saw some, I took some pictures, I put it on Facebook and I said, those aren't cicadas, those are tree frogs, but they were very loud last week, weren't they? All right. Um, so that's what we've got for you. And we want to uh, jump in here in a second uh, to the uh, RV news of the week. But uh, I mentioned uh, you can get that discount if you use the coupon code RVLIFESTYLE10 at CampingWorld.com. But we also are running a sweepstakes. We're going to give away... Uh, if this episode is being released on the 26th of May, 2021. On the 29th, we are going to give away a $500 certificate good at Camping World, either online or uh, in person, uh, to uh, somebody who enters the little sweepstakes we have. Just go to rvlifestyle.com slash sweepstakes. You can enter it uh, through social media. There's several ways you can enter, and you can enter numerous times if you want. 
Details are all at rvlifestyle.com slash sweepstakes. One word, rvlifestyle.com slash sweepstakes, and you get a chance to win $500. That's a, that's a pretty good uh, pretty good hunk of money. News. Mike's got news. RV news. Travel news. Inside information and trends that shape the RV lifestyle. Here's the RV News of the Week. This weekend marks the official start of summer, and AAA is estimating 37 million Americans will travel 50 or more miles from home, up 60% from last year's low, and the majority will travel by road. But what travelers will find is the most expensive gasoline since 2014, with prices of regular gasoline expected to average $2.98 a gallon, up by $1.02 from prices last year. Gas prices are expected to be the highest they have been for Memorial Day weekend travel since 2014, when they were $3.66 per gallon. There was a survey out this week from the RV industry that found 56 million people said they plan to take a vacation in an RV this summer, traveling an average of 16 hours from home. About 60% of the travelers uh, plan to visit a national park, and they say they want to be outdoors. They want to travel as a family. One in 10 of these people do not identify as RVs, uh, as RVers. They um, uh, say that you know they just want to take a vacation, and they heard that an RV is a good way to do it. So those they, are probably going to be a lot of people who buy buy RVs, don't you think? Yeah, I think so. Yep. Well, we've been, rent. we've been telling you it's going to be a summer like none other, and uh, it's already shaping up lots of people on the roads. The U.S.-Canada border will remain closed to non-essential travel at least through June 21st. Though, for the first time, Canada's prime minister gave some indication of when he would consider opening again. He wants to see 75% COVID vaccinations for Americans and Canadians. Previously, the Prime Minister has only said he needs to see COVID infection rates drop. Currently, about 46% of Canadians and 47% of U.S. citizens have received at least one vaccine. This 9,000-mile border has been closed since March 21st, 2020, and all those folks missed all the travel last year. The Canadians couldn't come in. They couldn't uh, be snowbirds, so many of them. Uh, and then, of course, on the U.S. side, many RVers love to go up through Canada and see all of the national parks there. I can only imagine how bad the tourist industry is, is affected. Uh, amazing. Previous thoughts that they thought it would be the border could be closed until September. So we don't know that that's moved up or not, but we will uh, keep you informed as things uh, develop. Hey, there was uh, an interesting story that we saw uh, at at uh, an Oregon campground that had to close. Oregon, have you heard this one, Jennifer? Oregon's Crane Prairie Campground closed until June 11th because, are you ready for this? Mm-hmm. A nasty ant colony infestation. Ooh, I wouldn't want to be in ants. I got. I stepped into a fire ant nest on the Natchez Trace, so I have a new sympathy about aggressive ants. 
Um, but about 150 ant colonies appeared all over that Oregon Crane Prairie campground. And each colony, they say, contains 10,000 to 1 million ants that carry a nasty sting. The ants make mounds, one of which is four feet high and nine feet long. And while this many ants live in colonies this close together, uh, that causes them to get territorial and aggressive, say officials, and that's why they close the the campground. Uh, Super colony of ants. Very unusual, according to forest officials. And they're scratching their heads trying to figure out how to remove many of them. Uh, Michigan's Pictured Rocks National Lakeshore has seen a 143% increase in visitors over the past decade and is seeking public comment on an increase in camping, visitor, and other fees to manage its growing popularity. If approved, the higher fees would be phased in over three years, charging $12 for a vehicle pass in 2022 and raising that to 25 by 2024. Camping costs would rise from $20 a night to 25 Other things like annual passes, lighthouse tours, and walk-in fees would also increase. The new fees, if approved, would not go into effect until January 2022. So the time to visit is now. This part of the podcast is brought to you by Rad Power Bikes. They are America's number one e-bike brand. E-bikes are extremely popular with RVers. Just go visit any campground. Uh, and one of the reasons RVs love, uh, love Rad Power Bikes is because they offer direct-to-consumer pricing, which means you can get a powerful premium electric bike for half the cost of comparable bikes on the market because uh, they deal directly with you. There's no retail middlemen involved at all. And they ship them free, and they even give you a $75 discount if you use the promo code RV Lifestyle when you check out. Rad Power Bikes, they've got a series of different e-bike models. Uh, they've got folding bikes. they got fat tire bikes. they got uh, city beach cruisers. That's the model that we have. they got step-through models. That's the one Jennifer has, the step-through city bike version. All of them will reach 20 miles an hour with zero pedaling, and You can go between 20 and 40 miles on a single charge. They're so much fun to bring along on your RV adventures for cruising the campground or finding a a bike trail. They're priced, as I said, half the cost of comparable bikes on the market because uh, they deal directly with the consumer. And if you mention RV Lifestyle at checkout, they'll take an additional $75 off all that, plus, of course, free shipping. Visit them at radpowerbikes.com. Questions? You've got them. Mike and his network of RV reporters have the answers. Here's one of our questions of the week. All right, this comes from our RV lifestyle group from uh, a member named um, Val. And Val uh, says, uh, I need help, she says. My RV smells like sewer when we come back after a while. So... I'm sure it does all the time. I just don't notice it when we spend some time outside. I need advice on a good cleaning of my black tank and then regular maintenance. Well, Val's post brought 36 different comments uh, from folks about that issue. Uh, Carrie wrote, um, you don't say if you're hooked up to sewer when you have that problem. If so, here's the issue. And Carrie brings up, one that I would suggest is probably the leading cause. 
Carrie says, when you are at a campsite, and if you have your hose hooked up to the sewer, keep the gate valve for the black tank closed and let it fill halfway before you dump. This is good advice for everybody. But for those of you who have that four-inch stinky slinky, uh, that uh, a lot of people put that into the sewer connection of the campground, and they leave that gate valve open. And that, it sounds like it's smart that everything's just going to, when you flush, go straight into the septic system, but it doesn't work that way. If you leave it open, uh, I don't know how else to say this except the way Kerry uh, answered uh, the question. If you leave it open, a poop pyramid will form in the black tank. Uh, and that, uh, if, if it is not addressed quickly, if you're out there for a couple of three days, it will solidify and then it becomes very difficult to clean out. It coats the inside of that tank. It, every time there's some moisture in there, odor comes out. And uh, it, it, I mean, it's a really mess. So you need to clean that black tank. Uh, and it, there's a couple of ways to do it. If your rig does not have a cleaning inlet to the black tank, thank goodness we have one. It's called, I think, Sani Seal. But basically, you put a hose up on it, and it'll go in, and it'll, it'll spray under pressure and clean out that any of the stuff on the sides of your black tank. But um, Campco on Amazon sells a wand. It's a, a rigid, and then they have a flexible model. Uh, so you, you want to get one that allows you to open the toilet and then stick the wand all the way down into the black tank. Uh, and you can then, you know, yeah, it hooks, the other end hooks up to a hose and you give it a thorough rinsing and then you want to dump it uh, as fast as you can after that and then fill it again with a hot solution of uh, water and Dawn dishwashing soap. And if you can let that sit for a couple hours, then you can dump and rinse uh, and then dump again. Uh, if you want to really do this once a year at least. Now, if you still have odor problems, uh, the only thing left is to make sure that the vent that goes uh, through the roof, up through your roof, is clear so that any odors uh, go straight up there instead of into your coach. Uh, odor problems are much easier to prevent than cure. Uh, our guess is that you've allowed a certain amount of um, solid material in that black tank to build up and uh, that's what's probably causing the odor. So get a good cleaning of it. And the other thing that uh, we really want to pass along about a black tank is use lots of water in it. You should have, th whenever you're going to empty it, let it keep, if you have to flush it and flush it and flush it until you get about 75% liquid in that black tank, it makes it easier to, uh, to drain. You know what I thought of, which is such a simple thing, which probably isn't it at all, the seal around yes. where it dumps. Right. Yes. If that dries out and cracks, that's right. The smell comes up from your black tank. And one place we were at even sold an oil that you were supposed to pour on that seal regularly. And I would think that whoever you bought, maybe it says that in the manual, to make sure you put oil on there so that that black ring inside that drops down, that that stays pliable. It doesn't yeah. dry up and crack because the smell from the black tank comes up into your bathroom then. That is such a good point. And uh, uh, so lots of water, check the seal, and uh, do a thorough cleaning of it, and uh, hopefully you will not have that odor. But you should do that kind of maintenance at least once every year, and that will, uh, that will help you a whole lot. 
Uh, hey, we would love to get your question on our uh, question of the week th- for next week's podcast. And here's how you can actually have your voice heard. Hey, fellow travelers, want to have your voice featured on the RV podcast? Send us your questions or comments. Send an audio file to Mike at RVLifestyle.com. Or better yet, use our RV podcast voicemail number. 586-372-6990. 586-372-6990. We want to hear from you. Call 586-372-6990. This part of the RV podcast is brought to you by Battleborn Batteries, makers of quality, safe, and reliable lithium batteries that can be installed in just about every RV. No matter what kind of an RV you have, a motorhome, uh, Class A, Class B, Class C, uh, a travel trailer, cab over camper, uh, don't worry, uh, Battleborn Batteries, chances are, can drop right into whatever size your current batteries uh, occupy in your unit. Uh, the experts at Battleborn Battery can quickly tell you what you need. Uh, they can help you with uh, the right cabling, the right inverter, charger, solar controllers as well. And Jennifer and I have been using Battleborn Batteries now for a couple of years on our unit, and it allows us to go out there and stay out there longer. Lithium batteries are longer lasting. They charge faster. They offer better performance. They charge uh, fuller. They're um, maintenance-free. And Battleborn batteries are protected by a 10-year guarantee. So check them out. Battleborn batteries. If you want to go to rvlifestyle.com slash lithium, you'll be sent right to their site. That's rvlifestyle.com slash lithium. Time now for the RV Podcast Interview of the Week. Interesting, entertaining, and helpful information about the RV lifestyle. Here's Mike with this week's interview. So one of the more common questions that we get from a lot of people uh, has to do with an RV cover. Do you really need one? And the answer is probably. Um, We're going to talk about what you need to know uh, in deciding whether an RV cover should be on your unit. I mean, your RV motorhome, your fifth wheel, your towable trailer... It's one of the most expensive investments that you can make in your whole lifetime. So you want to protect its roof. You want to protect its finish from unnecessary damage. Uh, that's a, that should be a top priority for many of us. And an RV cover just may be the best way to do that. Choosing the right cover, knowing when to use it, uh, can be very confusing. So we're going to talk in this episode with Scott Shemtoff of Empire Covers. Empire Covers is one of the leading manufacturers of RV covers, and we're going to learn what to look for in choosing an RV cover, what they protect from, and how and when they should be used. Well, joining us now from Empire Covers is our friend Scott Shemtov. And Scott, welcome to the the podcast Uh I think this is going to be an interesting interview because this is a topic that so many RVers want to know about. So we appreciate you making some time for us, for us, sir. Yeah, thanks a lot for having me on, Mike. Uh, pleasure to be here. Well, let's start off with uh, the real broad question of why is an RV cover needed for today's RVer? Well, yeah, I mean, that's a great question. Um, you know, nothing, it's nothing new with today's RVs, but all RVs, um, you know, even going back decades, um, you know, everyone 
um, uses their RV to, you know, create memories with their family, their friends, going on road trips. Um, so, you know, you, you want to keep it protected and clean um, and lasting, you know, throughout the seasons. So a cover is, is a very inexpensive way to keep your RV in fresh condition season after season, um, especially, um, you know, when you store it away in the off season when you're not using the RV um, on the road. Um, so a lot of people, you know, will want to cover it and it pr- a cover protects from, you know, so many things beyond just the sun, which, you know, beats on the RV, um, you know, um, helps protect the paint. Uh, you got obviously precipitation that you want to keep off. Uh, but you know, there's tons of other things, uh, throughout the seasons, such as right now, uh, in springtime, we're kind of dealing with a lot of pollen, you know, you don't, you don't have to wash off all the pollen. Um, you know, if you're, if you're going to an RV park or a place like that, uh, or any parking under a tree, uh, there's a lot of things that can go on. You got, um, debris from the tree, you got leaves, you got pollen. Like I said, you also got, you know, the inevitable birds, you know, that'll, uh, kind of take a toll on your, uh, on your RV rooftop. Now, a lot of people say, you know, oh, the rain's going to wash that pollen off. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't think people realize how damaging pollen can be to a painted surface like on an RV. Yeah, I mean. In the roof, even in the fiberglass roof or the cover on the roof, that pollen gets pretty yucky. Yeah, I mean, it, I mean, it gets it gets in all the cracks and crevices. Um, it, uh, it also, just like dust, it can cause, if anything rubs against it while the pollens or dust is on the RV, it'll create micro abrasions on the paint. Um, so a cover in general just is like your first layer of protection against everything that's outside. I mean, none of us would, you know, last too long outside, you know, completely unprotected. So, I mean, think of it as like a jacket or a coat for your RV. Uh, how about, uh, you mentioned uh, putting it away at the end of the season, but is an RV cover needed uh, in the summertime when people are using their RVs? Uh, is, do you recommend them then? Um, yeah, I definitely recommend it in season. It, it kind of depends on how long you're going to be parked in, a, in, a, in an area. So let, let's say you're on the road and um, you're going cross country or, you know, cross state. Um, and you stop at a campground, right? So, I mean, when you're at the campground, you, you don't want to have to clean the RV. You know, if, if a storm comp rolls through or, you know, birds go to town um, on your RV. Um, so, you know, our premier line of uh, RV covers also include zippered panels. Um, so you can basically cover the RV while you're at, at camping. Um, and then you can unzip the panels when you want to access the cab, which is a really great feature um, of our, our premier RV covers. Um, so a lot of people do that. Uh, what, uh, what are the, the different types of RV covers? Are there things that you recommend you just put, for example, on the roof alone? Well, I'm glad you asked that because um, we just came out with a new product uh, that we're calling an RV rooftop cover. And we're kind of pitching that as a more on-the-go protection. Uh, it's more lightweight and much easier to 
take on and off essentially um it's kind of like a heavy duty tarp that goes over the roof of your rv and then you tie it down with bungees um through grommet holes and so that's more like on like for me that that's what i would take with me like while i'm on the road um during the season um the road season because then you can just easily put it on and off um at a moment's notice uh, when you when you you're camping out uh, whereas um, you know our premier cover and some and some of our other covers um, you can do that as well but they're a little bulkier because they're more designed for heavy duty protection and cover the entire RV uh, from roof to the sides and everywhere um, those are kind of more um, geared towards off-season storage so think of it like you know when you're when you're done um, you know, RVing across the country in the spring and summer, uh, fall time is coming. You want to, you know, you want to kind of put the RV out for the rest of the season. So at that point, you would kind of want to put one of our heavy duty RV covers on and that'll kind of keep it protected um, throughout the winter. I, I can hear a lot of RVers pushing back on the summer cover because many of them have solar panels on their roof. Mm-hmm. So that cover would would uh, make those pretty ineffective at that point. Yeah, if you have a if you're using solar panels, um, obviously if you cover it up, you're not going to get the sun. Right. So, um, yeah, in that situation, it it would not work if you're relying on that for electricity. Um, what RVs should have a cover? Uh, we're talking about motorhomes, trailers, pop-ups, uh, all of them. Are there some so, that are not suited for a cover? No, absolutely not. So um, if, if uh, you know, listeners would go to our site, empirecovers.com slash um, RV lifestyle, you'll be taken to our RV page where, you know, we pretty much cover all types of RVs from class A, class B, class C, uh, travel trailers, fifth wheels, um, toy haulers, uh, pop-ups, folding campers, and truck camper covers. Um, so, you know, we basically cover them all because at the end of the day, you know, a cover will keep you from constantly washing and cleaning your RV, the outside of your RV. What about uh, moisture and uh, when it covers on? And, and is mildew, is that a problem that you have to be aware of when you have a cover on? Uh, uh, are they breathable? Are they uh, what kind yeah. of material are we talking about? So that's a great question. So you know, at Empire, we cover pretty much everything on the road and water, uh, from cars to boats to jet skis, ATVs, bicycles, motorcycles, etc., and of course RVs. Um, and this this moisture problem is prevalent pretty much on anything you cover. So uh, what happens is. Um, the cover itself is not going to let rain in, but what happens is condensation builds up under under the cover, and that's that's the that's the moisture that you want released. So our our covers are breathable. Um, we have two types of materials: a polypropylene polypropylene nonwoven material, and that has a waterproof um, uh, membrane that allows the uh, moisture and gas to seep out through the cover. Um, and our other Premier and Premier Ripstop cover um, um, are also breathable as well. 
So having a breathable cover. I, I've seen some of these covers that, you know, uh, uh, Walmarts and, and catalogs and, and basically just like a tarp. Yeah. You throw over there. And I mean, yeah, you get a, yeah this, is, this is not a good solution for an RV putting a tarp on it. Yeah, tarps are not breathable material. Tarps are meant for like a pile of logs. Uh, you know, wood you just chopped, um, basically anything you don't really care too much about. I mean, I've seen prices on RVs, you know, some of these class A's go up to like $500,000. Um, you know, you're not going to want to put a tarp on that, you know, even if you're spending, um, you know, 20 to $50,000 on a pop-up, um, you're not going to want to put a tarp on that. Now the, the RV rooftop cover that I talked about, that's not for long-term storage, right? So that's just when you're on the go and you just want to um, keep the, the roof nice and clean. And the, uh, the other benefit of that is is also keeps the sun off from beating on the roof. So it'll actually keep the inside of your RV much cooler, like while you're relaxing at the campgrounds. That's, that's good. Uh, how hard is it to put on and take off an RV cover? It's a two-person uh, job, right? Uh, generally, yeah, it depends kind of, you know, who's doing it. Um, so uh, many of our customers kind of tend to be on the, uh, the, uh, older, um, end of the spectrum. So they generally could use two people. And what happens is, you know, depending on which type of RV you have, you have to kind of climb up the ladder, get on the rooftop, roll it out across the, um, RV and then kind of flop it down the sides. Um, the, the most difficulty that we've hear about people having is getting up the RV with the cover. So most of the effort is, you know, you're the person who's helping you is kind of just helping you hold the cover up while, while the other person kind of gets up on top of the roof. Got it. Got it. And, and features that people should look for, you mentioned breathable material. Well, what are a couple of other things that is important about a cover, an RV cover? Yeah, you're gonna wanna make sure that it's waterproof, uh, that the seams are have excellent construction, so they're not, that's usually the, uh, the point at which uh, water will start seeping through. Uh, you also want a good uh, UV uh, protection. Um, like I mentioned earlier, uh, um, our premieres have a full full zipper panels on many of the uh, different class covers, and that provides you know quick and easy access. Uh, we also have uh, reinforced um, corners and areas of the cover where is prone to getting torn. So there's a lot of things on top of the RV, um, you know, edges that might be sharp. So you know, over the years, we've kind of, you know, figured out where are the most vulnerable parts of the cover. Uh, we kind of reinforce those as well. Um, our, we just came out with a new, um, new line of RV covers as well, our Premier Ripstop. And this is a much lighter weight uh, polyester than our Premier. Um, and it also has a, uh, a Ripstop weave that makes it extremely durable to tears. Um, and yeah, I also wanted to mention that as well because it's very, it's much more lightweight. So it is much easier to install than our Premier cover. 
So that's something that we're excited about and kind of people have been asking us for. So right. we well, kind we'll of send them, we'll send them to the, to the site, uh, empirecovers.com. And if they put a slash in and use RV lifestyle or when you're there, uh, mm-hmm. add RV lifestyle on caps, they can, you guys are generous enough to give our listeners a 15% discount, which is good. And that takes to the last question, Scott. Um, it varies, I know, between unit, but average costs of an RV cover, uh, what should people expect that they're going to cost? Um, anywhere from um, about a, 150 bucks on on the lower end for our protector material, depending on class of vehicle. Um, you know, our premieres range anywhere from uh, 300 to about uh, high 400s. And then our premier ripstop, the new one that we're excited about, um, can range, can get upwards of uh, close to 600 bucks. Um, well, you know, the RV is the second most expensive thing most people will spend uh, next to their sticks and bricks house. So yep. uh, anything you can do to extend the life and, and the cover will do it. Uh, well, I, I appreciate you spending some time and uh, giving us kind of a good uh, uh, education and why an R- RV cover is important. And again, I want to point out if they go to empirecovers.com and then slash RV lifestyle, You'll be led. You'll you'll immediately get a fifteen percent discount on anything that uh, that they buy. So, uh, Scott Jemtov from Empire Covers, you've been a great guest, and uh, thanks for educating us today on RV covers. Thanks a lot, Mike. This part of the RV podcast is brought to you by Peace of Mind for RVs.com. That's an emergency transportation coverage solution that pays a hundred percent of all ambulance charges by ground, by air, by anywhere, whether you're in your RV or your car or in your backyard or across the country or across the globe. What do you mean pays coverage? Doesn't insurance do that? Well, not all the time. In fact, uh, there are sometimes uh, the insurance companies will reject it because they don't think it's a medical uh, necessity. Even if an EMT on the scene calls for an ambulance, say you're, Air evac'd out. You know what the average cost for an air evacuation is by helicopter? $50,000 plus. And oftentimes, that is the most uh, denied claim for emergency transportation by insurance companies. Now, the good news is you can be a member of Peace of Mind for RVs.com. Jennifer and I are. Uh, and you can make sure that if you do need an air ambulance, you won't get stuck with that $50,000 bill. It's covered. No questions asked, 100%. Peace of mind for RVs.com gives you emergency transportation coverage uh, for ground ambulances, air ambulances, both if you're both needed on uh, on an emergency. Uh, They also offer a slew of additional benefits like return home services, recuperate close to home, visitor transportation, return of your uh, vehicle, your RV, and more. Uh, you'll get ultimate peace of mind with this package. It's very affordable. Check it out. We already did, and we joined. It's RVs uh, for it's peace of mind for RVs.com. That's peace of mind for RVs.com. Time now for Off the Beaten Path, a unique RV podcast travel suggestion you probably won't find in a guidebook. Here's Mike. All right. Great, great story uh, found off the beaten path by our correspondents, Patty. And Tom Burkett. Hi, Mike and Jennifer. 
Once a few years ago, we heard a story. It seems a man named Larry Baggett had bought a piece of property in Missouri and built a house. Every night he was awoken by knocking on the front door, but when he went to open it, there was no one there. Stranger still, his dog slept near the door and was never disturbed. One night, over a beer in the local tavern, he was recounting the experience to his friends. One of them recommended he consult a local wise man who happened to be a member of the Osage tribe. The native agreed to come, visit the house, and spend the night, but he slept outside. The following morning, Baggett got the news that his home was built on the path of the Trail of Tears, and the noise was coming from the ghosts of the Cherokee trying to pass through on their nightly march. You've built a wall here they can't climb, and it pushes them down toward your door. Build a stairway here, the old man told him, and they'll be able to cross and won't need to pass through the house. Sure enough, once the stairs were in place, he was never awakened again. His interest had been kindled, though, and he began to research the Trail of Tears. Early in the 19th century, European settlers began to carve homesteads and farms out of the ancestral lands of the Cherokee Nation, the Appalachian Mountains. The Cherokee fought for their land all the way to the U.S. Supreme Court, and that is a long and complex story. Natives and settlers continued to fight over the land. Eventually, the conflicts became so frequent and bloody that the U.S. tasked the Army with relocating all of the natives to the reservations in Oklahoma. Many of the Cherokee were forced to leave with hours' notice and had to abandon most of their possessions. They were marched westward on foot, nearly 5,000 miles, and over 4,000 of them died. Baggett was moved by what he learned, and he spent the rest of his life commemorating the people and cultures of the event there on his property. He was one of the many outsider artists whose work enriches the back roads of nearly every state. He worked in stone and cement, tile and glass, and wood. Besides the house, there are many statues, sculptures, fountains, and a splendid, colorful Kiva house. This is not a maintained tourist destination, nor is it public property. We simply parked at the bottom of the driveway and walked up the hill, being careful not to disturb anything. Baggett's handiwork was all around, sculptures and statues, intricately laid up walls, a fountain, not working, and the buildings themselves. Most impressive was the Kiva House, a circular pit surrounded by a walkway covered with a roof. The walls were painted with symbols and stones inlaid. A central column was set with large colored stones. The building was beginning to deteriorate and trash had blown in but it was still impressive in its construction and design. The Trail of Tears National Historic Trail stretches from North Carolina to Oklahoma and includes many sites of historic and cultural interest, from the Museum of the Cherokee Indian on the edge of the Smokies to the Cherokee Heritage Center in Park Hill, Oklahoma. The route includes state parks, state and national forests, springside campsites, stores, and cemeteries. It's not a route to celebrate, but it is one to know and honor, worthy of any number of days spent along it, out here off the beaten path. This is part of the RV Podcast brought to you by Harvest Hosts, where RVers can overnight for free at more than 2,000 wineries, farms, microbreweries, and attractions. Now, you got to be a member of Harvest Hosts. It costs you 99 bucks a year for the basic membership. Uh, which includes uh, distilleries, wineries, breweries, farms, museums, and and other unique attractions and locations. But they also have, uh, for $139 a year, all of those plus uh, free stays uh, in the parking lots of golf courses. 
uh, we've done both. Uh, we stayed at many of the, the regular places and we've stayed at golf courses. But the thing is, you, you, you make your Harvest Host membership back by just staying at a couple of locations. You know what campgrounds cost, 50, 60 bucks a night and some of them, 40 bucks, probably the average. Uh, just stay at a couple of those and you've got your membership just about all covered. Now, here's the deal. We can save you more money. If you use a special affiliate link that we have, just go to rvlifestyle.com slash HH. That's rvlifestyle.com slash HH, and you will get 15% off. But you do have to use that uh, that special um, coupon code we talked about. That's just HH. So go rvlifestyle.com slash HH. What's happening? Time now to check the RV calendar of events and gatherings you need to know about. All right, I got uh, I got three of them that I want to put on your uh, on your notice. The first coming up June 10th through the 13th at the Florida State Fairgrounds in Tampa, Florida. That's the Tampa Bay Summer RV Show, June 10th through the 13th. Uh, then I want you to look at August 12th through the 15th. In Elkhart, Indiana, the RV capital of the world, that's the Midwest RV Super Show. And that's being held at the beautiful RV Motorhome Hall of Fame. And that is in Elkhart, Indiana. And then in September, it's happening in person, America's biggest RV show, the Hershey RV Show. That is September 15th through the 19th, I believe it is, 15th through the 19th in Hershey, Pennsylvania. Uh, Jennifer and I will be at that show. We'll have a meet and greet for all of you guys. We'll let you know more about it. But uh, Hershey is on this year, and uh, we can't wait uh, to meet so many of you in person. And that wraps up another episode of the RV Podcast with Mike and Jennifer Wendland. New episodes are released every Wednesday, and the best way to stay connected is to subscribe to the RV Podcast. We're in all the popular podcast apps, and you can also listen on the RVLifestyle.com travel blog. Till next time, happy trails, fellow travelers. We'll be looking for you down the road. We indeed will. It's Memorial Day weekend coming up. We hope that you have uh, a great uh, time out in your RV somewhere this summer. That's the official, unofficial start of summer. Uh, we hope you uh, have a great summer plan. Hey, don't forget we have new contents, great articles, how-tos, instructionals, deep resources for your RV lifestyle. New content every day at RVLifestyle.com. See you next week.